Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole, first down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Raiders, would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. We're getting closer and closer, Raider Nation. Getting closer to the beginning of training camp. Of course, that'll all take place next week, but, and we're getting... We're getting right there. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can see that train coming down that track, knowing that officially for the ones like us that cover the the team, summer's pretty much over. <laughs> it's pretty much a done deal. Hurry up and get your uh, last little trip in. Hurry up and uh, you know go out to a nice fancy dinner, whatever. Take the family out and say, hey, this is going to be great. But I'll see you in February. I mean, it's just it's one of those cases where you just kind of get your body prepared and know that it's uh it, it's right around the corner and it is so exciting, especially this year following and covering the silver and black. And I was treated to such a great experience a year ago. This is my first year here in Las Vegas, and you know it's one of the funny things that I continue to say throughout the course of training camp last season was, man, this team, something about this team is just different. And I remember saying that a million times, right? I kept saying it just feels like something's different. And I'd ask Vinny, I'd ask Heidi, I'd ask Cassie, I'd ask uh, Paul Gutierrez, you know, to Sean. Does it just feel different about this team? And a lot of folks were real hesitant to say, yeah, it does. But for the most part, everyone agreed that, yeah, it does. So I was convinced last season that, that the team was different. And it did look like it was really different until it didn't look like it wasn't, right? All of a sudden, it looked like the, the wheels were falling off and it was a done deal and there was nothing different about that team to the point where I was convinced that there was nothing different about the team, that I was wrong. You know, my bad. Well, lo and behold, they go on that run at the end of the season, get into the playoffs and show that there was something different about that team. And so as I uh, look ahead and look forward to next week when training camp gets started, we're out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. I've said it multiple times. I feel like the organization itself is headed in a different direction. It feels like it's taking the next step forward. I've talked about Allegiant Stadium. I've talked about the facilities, how they're state-of-the-art, their next level. Now you need to make sure that the, the organization itself, the team, the front office, the business side of things, every, everybody is next level, and they're able to take that next step. And it feels like it's trending in that direction, I actually had someone uh, tweet at me earlier today and said, every time Q says uh, this, this team is different, take a drink. He, he came up with a new drinking game. And so I laugh because I understand I said it a lot a year ago, you know, during this time and during training camp. And uh, I said, hey, that's a good one. You're not wrong. But it proved that I wasn't wrong either last year. So hopefully, as I say that it feels like things are trending in the right direction and that this organization, everything just kind of, kind of feels a little bit different. Obviously, there's been a lot of turnover. Hopefully, I'm correct. And if you turn it into a drinking game, so be it, right? That's a good thing. Nothing wrong with that. Well, we're here again for another three hours here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Demon Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Your boy Q, I'm in the, the home studio. Been a very busy day for both of us. Uh, DeMond was behind the wheels of steel earlier this morning for the morning tailgate with Vinny Bonsignor and, and Heidi Fang. And uh, I was on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, with Adam Hill. We were filling in for the press box. And it was so funny when we signed on at 7 o'clock this morning, 
You know, it's like, here's Adam Hill and Q. And it's like, how the hell did those two come together? How did that happen, right? You know, we've had Adam Hill as a guest on the show multiple times. He's fantastic. But it was just funny that the both of us came together. And I'll be doing it again tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. But we're here for you for the next three hours. Very excited about the show that we have lined up for you. Uh, we've got some really good guests. We have our training camp two-a-days continuing. And if you're just tuning in for the first time this week and you have no idea what the training camp two-a-days are, what we are doing is we're going through every single team, and we're trying to keep it in order as much as possible. We're going through every single team on the Raiders' 2022 regular season schedule, and we're getting a preview. We're getting an update from someone who covers that team up close and personal. And what we're asking is a positive, the biggest positive going into camp for that particular team, the biggest negative going into camp for that particular team, and the biggest question that that person has going into training camp for that particular team. So it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we have a lot of good guests coming up on the show today. Matter of fact, at 2.30, as we keep this training camp two-a-day rolling, Luke Johnson from the New Orleans Advocate, he'll join the show. And obviously, if he's from New Orleans, he covers the Saints. So we'll talk about the Saints and the new direction that they're headed in, new head coach there. I mean, you want to talk about something different. That's different right there. Dennis Allen, who was a head coach with the Silver and Black back in the day. He got his first head coaching job with the Raiders. He's been the defensive coordinator for a while now with the Saints. He is going to be the head coach this season. Uh, Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger, he's now there in New Orleans. Michael Thomas sounds like he's healthy. They also picked up Jarvis Landry in free agency. They also drafted Chris Olave, so it sounds like they have a lot of weapons. Who knows what's going to happen with Alvin Kamara with his suspension, if he's going to get suspended or not. Uh, That's probably very low on the pecking order right now for the NFL as they're dealing with a lot more issues. But we'll get all things New Orleans Saints. We'll get all that information coming up at 2.30 as Luke Johnson will join the show for the New Orleans Advocate. At 3 o'clock, we'll do Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day, just some stuff that uh, I found across the you know, across the NFL world, just a few little nuggets and a few little sound bites, including a sound bite from Darren Waller talking about the tight end position. He was on the Chris Long Greenlight podcast and uh, was talking about just how the t- tight end position has evolved. So uh, we'll hear from Darren Waller coming up at 3 o'clock. But again, like I said, just kind of scattershoot around the NFL with news and notes of the day. At 3.30, Paloma Villacana, she joins us every single week. Sometimes she talks UNLV. Sometimes she talks Aces. Sometimes she talks Summer League. She just talks about whatever's going on in and around the Las Vegas area. So we'll get her to talk all things Aces as they came away with the victory. Their first game coming out of the All-Star break. That was last night. They uh, defeated the New York Liberty. And they play tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. our time. The Aces will be back in action, taking on the Liberty again, and they're on the road, and then they'll, they'll continue their road trip. And on Sunday, they'll actually go up against the Connecticut Sun, which is a really good team. So we'll talk all things Aces, how much they needed that all-star break, because, man, I'll tell you, if you hear a screech and a slide and, and a skid and you see a big massive skid mark on the, on the road up and down Las Vegas Boulevard, that was the Aces. They were on a massive skid heading into the All-Star break, so I really think they needed that time to take a little bit of break, recharge the batteries, you know, just kind of get away from everyone for a while. And even though there was multiple uh, of, the, of the young ladies that were there in attendance at the All-Star game playing in the All-Star game, like Asia Wilson, Kelsey Plum, uh, you know, uh, Deon, uh, DeAndre or Hamby. Uh, I forget it. What's her? What's her? It's. What's her? D'Erica. D'Erica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D'Erica Hamby. Man, I, I, I got Devontae Adams on my mind because that's what we're going to go to when we're talking about the opening drive. But, uh, yeah, DeAndra uh, uh, Hamby. 
Too many names. Dierica Hamby. Dierica Hamby. Damn it, too many names. But she was in attendance. She was playing in the in the All Star game. Uh, it was just Jackie Young was at the All Star game. So the, the the big four that they have basically were all in attendance. So we'll talk to Paloma coming up at uh, three thirty. All things LV Aces at four o'clock. We'll continue our training camp t- two a days. Gene Frenette from the Florida Times Union. He'll join us to talk all things Jacksonville Jaguars. And you want to talk about the big question? That is just one big question there. They spent a lot of money in free agency. They have a new coach. He's won a Super Bowl. They have a quarterback that has been the end-all, be-all. At least t- everyone told you he was the end-all, be-all ever since he was a freshman in college at Clemson and uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I just have a lot of questions. You know, I have a ton of questions about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, what kind of team? Like, DeMond, what kind of team do you expect? That's a division that you pay attention to as a Tennessee Titan fan. What kind of team do you expect the Jaguars to be? At least a little bit more competent. Where okay, that's, that's like the biggest thing that Doug Peterson's gonna gonna bring to this team. Where it, it sounds so easy to say, but they'll have an adult in the room running the team. <laughs> because last season, you can't even fault Trevor Lawrence when it's just you don't know what your coach is doing. He's not even taking no no disregard what actually happened in the video. Your coach doesn't even want to ride the plane back with the team after an away game. Right. So it's just how you can't even fault them. But you see that glimmer of hope that last game of the season, they basically made sure that the Indianapolis coach couldn't make the playoffs. Right. And I don't know how much of that was the Jaguars and how much of that was the fact that Carson Wentz was just bad. Right. I mean, he was just awful. But to the Jaguars credit, I, I can't take anything from them. They actually have a really good record against the Colts at home. And that's what that game was. That was an away game for the Colts, and they fell. And, you know, I, I couldn't believe it. I just knew that the Colts were headed to the playoffs, and, and then they weren't. And now Carson Wentz is in D.C. And, uh, yeah, so that's it's just going to be interesting. But uh, we'll talk to Gene Frenette coming up at 4 o'clock from the Florida Times, talk all things Jacksonville Jaguars. And then we'll close things out on our guest uh, with our guest appearances with Mike Wells, my buddy from ESPN. He covers the Indianapolis Colts like a glove. And it's funny, he just announced just the other day he's been covering the Indianapolis Colts for a very long time time he's been writing about him he lives in that area obviously uh he's been on radio he's on uh, espn national all the time talking about him he just announced the other day that he just got a job as a professor so now he's professor mike wells so uh he's not really going to be writing about the colts anymore but he still will be on radio talking about him and it's so funny because today is like a marathon day for me not only did i do espn las vegas this morning 7 a.m to 10 a.m I'm knocking out 2 to 5 p.m. this afternoon here on Unnecessary Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. And then I'm doubling down because of just last minute there was nobody to do the, do the show. I'm going to do 6 to 10 on ESPN National with Mike Wells. So, <laughs> so me and Mike Wells, we're going we're gonna to get a lot of each other in the next few hours. But he's going to join us at 4.30 to talk all things Indianapolis Colts to continue with our training camp two-a-days. As I uh, has been saying all week, I expect to be done with all the teams on the 2022 regular season schedule by the end of the week. So we're going to get it all in and be prepared as the rookies report to training camp on Monday at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and then the veterans will report on the 20th. And on Monday, very excited about this. You can go ahead and put this in your notes. We're actually going to be broadcasting this show, Unnecessary Roughness, live from Las Vegas Ballpark, which is the site of the Battle for Vegas, the Raiders versus the Golden Knights. The Raiders have won the last two years. We had Denzel Perryman talking about it on the show yesterday. And, Damon, I don't know if you know this. I want to put this in your ear hole and see if you knew that this, but Marshawn Lynch is playing for the Raiders this year. Whoa, now that's a surprise. I did not know that. 
I didn't either. Uh, Adam Hill actually told me that this morning when I was on ESPN Las Vegas, the press box, and I said, wait, hold on, when did that get announced? He said it just, like, just got announced. So I think late last night it was announced, and that was a surprise to me, but anyone who's seen Marshawn Lynch play any game except for football knows that it's going to be a fun time. So I'm looking forward to Marshawn, to Beast Mode being at LV Ballpark on Monday and uh, taking part in the battle for Vegas going up against the Golden Knights, Team Riley Smith, Team Josh Jacobs. That should be fun to watch, just that in itself. And then, like I said, with us doing the show there live, there may be a slight chance that we get him on the show. Maybe. I'm not guaranteeing anything. And I will say, if we get him on the show, Damon, you better be ready for the dump button because – Marshawn Lynch has no, and I mean zero, radio etiquette whatsoever. He will not He will not sit there and say, well, I'm on the radio, so I better not say this. No, he's going to say whatever comes to mind. He's just, he always is going to keep it natural. He's going to keep it 100, and that's just, that's just who he is. So sometimes it's actually safer to record the interview off to the side, but we'll see. I, like I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I would love to get get a few minutes with him uh, on Monday when he gets to the Las Vegas ballpark for the battle for the Ve- for Vegas, but I'm not guaranteeing that that's going to happen. I'm not guaranteeing we're going to get anybody. We're supposed to have some kind of media availability before the game, so we'll see what happens. But it always depends on who actually rolls in. You know what uh, what players roll in and what time do they roll in, uh, depending on if we can get them or not. And I can't imagine that Marshawn Lynch is going to get to the ballpark super super early. I just I don't see it in in him to worry about batting practice and worry about this that and the other. I kind of think that he's one of those dudes that just says, "Hey man, I'm good to go. I'm going to roll out of here in my flip flops. Going to put my my shorts on. Going to go kick it and going to go play some play some softball. That's just kind of that's just kind of what I think." All right, Q. Since you mentioned that you're going to be there a little early. I want you to try to lobby to get yourself some BP and get it gives a couple videos. Okay, I'll do that. I'll work on that. <laughs> I'll do everything I can to get on the field and see if I can get a couple. If Look, I'll say this, and I know someone's going to be like, oh, here we go, Q's bragging. I'll say this. If they let me get at bat, I'm hitting a home run. Celebrity hitter? No, 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 not in the game. They're oh, not gonna okay. let me do oh, it I thought in the you game. meant like, oh, coming I, up. No, I mean, in, I mean in batting practice as we, as we warm up and everything. If they let me take a couple hacks at it, I'm hitting a home run. Just saying. I will get one home run in. And, of course, it's not over the real fence there at the LV ballpark. When it's softball, they, they move the fences in. Like, I'm not trying to claim that I got, you know, Mark McGuire. Or, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I just, I just want to make that clear because someone's going to be like, come on, Q, you can't hit that far. No, no, I can't. Uh, when I was hitting home runs in Central Texas at, at Baylor, it was definitely at Getterman Stadium, which is the softball field, not the baseball field. So <laughs> I, don't, I ain't got power like that. <laughs> Not at all. I I did batting practice at the Ranger game one time, and I I kept telling myself I wanted to at least hit the wall or hit a home run, and I hit one really, really far, and, man, that thing went really, really foul. And I thought, wait a minute, how in the hell do you hit something really far foul out of a batting cage when they actually have the cage? You know what I mean? Like, how do you do that? But I hit it really – I don't know how I hooked it so much, but, man, that thing was the worst ever. I thought, yeah. This is uh this is gonna end bad. <laughs> so I, I tapped out of that pretty quick. Once I got a grounder and it went through the infield, I was good. I was like, all right, that's good. It's a base hit. Success. Yeah, exactly. That's all I need right there. So we're locked and loaded. We have a big time show for you. A lot of good guests to get to. Of course, we want to have the interaction with you as well. 702-365-9200. That's the Raider Nation listener line. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line. Always wide open like some old school TV antennas at 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. 
The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, I don't think it should be any kind of surprise. We've been talking about these uh, top ten rankings by ESPN.com and Jeremy Fowler, and uh, I, I wasn't in uh, particular agreement with what I saw from the running back position, and not because I thought Josh Jacobs was supposed to be in the top ten. I just thought he would have been at least an honorable mention, especially uh, ahead of people like Saquon Barkley and, and even to a certain extent Zeke Elliott, even though the, for those guys I feel like it's probably a, a lifetime achievement or a career achievement thing. I, I just think with what Josh Jacobs has been able to bring to the table, he should have at least been an honorable mention. But that's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about what came out today, which was the wide receivers. And we mentioned the wide receivers are going to come out. Tight ends will be out tomorrow. And then offensive tackles will come out on Friday. And so I have no doubt about it. Tomorrow, Darren Waller will be in the top three, top four. Whatever you want to say, that's fine. You know he's one of the best tight ends in the NFL. There's no doubt about that. And you knew today that Devontae Adams was going to make an appearance on the top ten list, and that he did. He came in at number one, as a matter of fact. I was, uh, I was actually a little shocked that he came in at number one because I just felt like somebody was going to say, well, since he doesn't have uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers anymore, that you got to drop him down to two or three. That's what I was expecting. But then when I read it and saw that he was at number one, I thought, okay, there you go. Devontae Adams at number one. So obviously – Obviously, there's no there's no complaints, right? If anyone has a complaint about him being number one, then I don't know what to tell you. You know, there can't be any complaints. That's fine. Uh, there, and Hunter Renfro, I thought maybe he had a chance to to make the list. He didn't make the list at all. He didn't make the top ten. He didn't make the honorable mention. He didn't even receive votes, according to this, right? And Look, there's a lot of talented wide receivers in the league, so that's fine too. Not a big deal. I'm sure Hunter Renfro could care less. He's one of those guys that doesn't mind flying under the radar. He'll just go out there and do what you do. We all know what we saw from Hunter Renfro a year ago, so we know he's a really good wide receiver. He's going to make a really good running buddy with Devontae Adams and, of course, a lot of help from Darren Waller at the tight end position as well. But just it was pretty cool to see that Devontae Adams was the number one wide receiver voted on by executives, players, coaches and scouts not just fans but just just folks that are in the industry so that was really cool and it was it was different right to see a Raider ranked number one so Devontae Adams ranked it at number one got me to start thinking like okay now that you know that everyone acknowledges him as the number one wide receiver in the league what are like realistic thoughts on how he makes the team better not just you know the numbers that he's going to put up the touchdowns that he's going to put up this that and the other but just how does he improve the overall team? And what I mean by that, Diana Rossini, she was on Get Up this morning talking about this top 10 list, and she started talking about Devontae Adams and, and had this to say about what he's doing already. And this is from a, a player that she talked to that's currently on the Raiders. Yeah, and that's a key. He's voted the number one receiver on that list on ESPN.com. And throughout the league, most people think and believe he is the best receiver yet. Devontae Adams in Vegas showed up to OTAs acting almost like a rookie, meaning he's putting in the time, the work, the enthusiasm. I had one player share with me that he would mess up on a rep and be like, let's do it again. Let's do it again. That's not that common when you're talking about superstar receivers like Devontae Adams. So he's setting the tone, not just really for himself and building that chemistry again with his quarterback, but he's truly helping those younger receivers and those around him learn how to do it the right way so he's already become a leader there in Vegas. 
There's there's Diana Rossini. She was on uh, Get Up this morning with Mike Greenberg talking about that top ten list and Devontae Adams and what he's bringing to the table. Again, I'm not talking about individualism when when I ask what do you think he brings to the table. I'm not saying hey he's going to go for 1500 yards, 12 touchdowns. He's going to get 100 and something. I don't that I mean that's all going to work itself out in the wash. I want to know what you think his his worth is going to be to the overall team. So I want you to give me what you believe the biggest Devontae Adams effect will be. How will he improve the overall, the overall of the team the most? Like you heard Diana Rossini talking about the young wide receivers and showing them how to do extra reps if you don't do it right. And I really respect that. Look, hey, if that rep's not done right, and remember he's learning a new system as well. You know, not only is Derek Carr learning a new system under Josh McDaniels, but Devontae Adams has been with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay for a long time. So he knows you know, he knows the ins and outs. So he's learning this new system on the fly. So when a guy like that says, hey, let me do that rep over because I, I did it wrong, that's going to make the younger guys on the squad say, well, hell, Devontae did it again. I better run it back again too, right? And on top of that, Devontae Adams was at OTAs. Remember, OTAs is voluntary. I don't think anyone would have batted an eye or complained and said, well, Devontae Adams is not here. Why isn't he here? Oh, well, he's – Moving his family. They just, they're coming from this, that, and the other. They're getting established. They're doing this. He'll, he'll be fine. He's Devontae Adams. You can have that argument, right? You can say that, that he didn't need to be at voluntary workouts, OTAs. He was. He was in there getting the reps. Darren Waller was there getting the reps. Hunter Renfro was there getting the reps. Derek Carr was getting the reps. So, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you. Again, 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword r what do you believe will be the biggest Devontae Adams effect? How will he improve the overall team the most? Let me know your thoughts on it. Damon, I'm going to start with you. You know what Devontae Adams brings to the table as an individual. You've seen the Raiders up close and personal as a team. How do you think he improves his team? Where do you see the biggest improvement come from? Like, How does he affect the team the most? I'm going to say making it easier for his teammates. And that's not only Renfro and Waller, I also think that the running game is going to be improved this season just because of that threat of you can't load the box when it comes to Josh Jacobs when he's running the ball, and he's going to be double-covered. They always say, hey, they're going to, it's going to be pick your poison. Who are you going to double-cover? I think most teams are going to choose Devontae Adams to be that guy. And making things easier for his teammates, I think that's going to be the biggest impact that he has. You know, I'm going to go in a whole different direction, and, and I don't think that you're wrong. And that's the beauty of this question, right? You're not wrong. That's why we ask you to give your thoughts. I'm going to say I think that similar to what Diana said, he's going to show a level of professionalism that's on the next level. And anybody who's a, a, a Raider fan, a longtime Raider fan, I go back to when Jerry Rice joined the Raiders and what Jerry Rice meant to the silver and black. And, you know, it's so funny because we've heard like guys like Brett Favre say Devontae Adams won't have a great season because he's with uh, 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 Derek Carr instead of with Aaron Rodgers. Well, Jerry Rice went from Joe Montana and Steve Young to Rich Gannon. Rich Gannon was a really good quarterback for the Silver and Black. Rich Gannon was not and is not a Hall of Fame quarterback. I know Rich Gannon was an MVP with the Raiders, but he was a journeyman before that, right? I mean, let's just be honest about the situation. And I was a big fan of Rich Gannon when he even wasn't a, a Raider. I just thought he had a little something to him that I liked. He joined the Silver and Black, and he did great, right? I just think that Devontae Adams is going to be able to – Show guys like, hey, I've been there, done that. I, I know how to, to, to help lead this team to the playoffs. And I know he had Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I get that. But he also was a true professional, right? He was the professional of all professionals. And he's out there. And just like getting those reps 
during OTAs and getting extra reps because he didn't get it right. I think that he's. I think that's going to resonate with the whole team. We see Max Crosby doing that on defense, right? Everyone says that Max is running to a rep. Max is doing this. He's doing that. Chandler Jones is doing that as well. I think when you see a guy like Devontae Adams, who's who's been paid, you know all the accolades that he already has. He was just voted the number one wide receiver in the league by his peers, his executives, coaches, scouts, and you see him putting in the extra work. I feel like there's not one single person on that team that can't say, yeah, I'm going to put that work into. So I think that he's going to elevate this team to a whole level of professionalism and even – uh, instill a little bit harder of a work ethic, even though I'm, and I'm not at any mean trying to say that they don't work hard. Not trying to say that at all. But when you see the best player stepping his game up and working a little bit harder, that makes you step your game up and work a little bit harder, regardless of who you are. It doesn't matter if you're the last guy in or you're the first guy in. You see that guy like Devontae Adams, you look over, you see 17 grinding and working extra hard, you're going to do the same thing. At least you should. If you want to be on the team and make an impact, you should. 702-365-9200. Want to hear from you. DeMond, who we got up first? ABA Ivan Davis. ABA Ivan Davis, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, what's happening, Q? DeMond, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm not going to reach for the low-hanging fruit, which would be open up the offense, because that's, that's pretty obvious, okay, what he's going to do there. But uh, I think it's going to have an effect on the defense. Could you imagine as a corner, if you could guard him, you can guard anybody. Because this is yeah. someone that's, that, that's probably studied your moves. I mean, I mean, if he's a true receiver, he looks at the feet of the corner and okay, is his feet out of place? Is it, does his hips rotate properly? I mean, he's going to take advantage of every single mistake. So if you can cover him, you can cover anybody. So I would be like Charles Woodson when he came. I think who was there? Uh, he wanted to guard Tim Brown every time. Right. Because he right. knew if he could guard Tim Brown – he he would be a, he'd be a lockdown corner. And if I was the corners, that's what I would do. I'd fight to be the one to guard him and be abused by him because that's the only way you're gonna learn. All right, Q. Thanks. I like it, man. Hey, great call, great call, and I I agree. I think that he's gonna sharpen up that quarterback room. And and guess what? The quarterback room is one that we have a question about, right? Is it gonna be Trayvon Mullen? Is it gonna be Rocky Asin? Is it gonna be Anthony Averett? Is it gonna be other? <laughs> I mean, you know, I I think that I think that you're onto something. I think that that is a, a very valid point. He's going to make the defense sharper. He's going to be the guy in practice with those reps. Nobody wants to get embarrassed, even if it is practice, even if it is really a session that's set up for the offense to succeed. I've always said that one-on-ones, those are always set up for the offense to succeed, right? But you still have a sense of pride, and that's something that we saw in training camp last year. You started to see the corners, most of them, look like they knew what they were doing. There was a couple that still were struggling, and they're not on the team right now. But, as a matter of fact, they didn't even make it through the 2021 season. But, for the most part, you saw guys pick up what the coaching staff was saying. I think that Devontae Adams is going to help that in a major way. That's a, that's a good uh, observation, ABA Ivan Davis. I definitely uh, appreciate that. One text, and we'll take a quick break. Q&D, Devontae Adams is already leading by example. Not only is he, in my opinion, the best wide receiver in the NFL, but by Devontae showing up and participating in OTAs, minicamps, etc., he's like a rookie all over again. He's showing professional-type traits, and that's what you want from your best players. 
leaders lead by example, and that's exactly what you want from Devontae. This is already rubbing off on Team H, which will translate to a successful upcoming season here in 2022. I'm extremely excited to have Devontae Adams here with the Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. Thank you so much for that, and it kind of goes back to the point that I was making. Appreciate that. So hit us up, Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Let us know about it. Let us know what you believe will be the biggest Devontae Adams effect. He was voted the number one wide receiver in the league today in that top ten list. How will he improve the overall team the most? 227 is the time. We'll come back. We're going to start talking about the New Orleans Saints with Luke Johnson from the New Orleans Advocate. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. I got Jameis Winston as the comeback player of the year, Tommy. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Heard a little love right there for Jameis Winston from Ryan Harris. He was on CBS Sports talking about uh, Jameis Winston as a comeback player of the year, and you you know he could be. He's coming back from a torn ACL, and I liked what I saw from Jameis before he got injured. But uh, we are back on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920-231 is the time, and what we've been doing all week long has been going through training camp two-a-days where we get a good idea of what's going on with every single team on the Raiders' schedule heading into the 2022 uh, training camp. And so let's go ahead and jump into – our training camp two-a-days. It's time for another edition of Training Camp Two-a-Days. As your boy Q takes a look at every team on the Raiders' 2022 regular season schedule here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. And to help us take a deep dive into the New Orleans Saints, we have our guy Luke Johnson from the New Orleans Advocate at by Luke Johnson on Twitter. And Luke, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. And uh, Jameis Winston, let's start there before we really even d- jump into the two-a-days. Jameis Winston, I-, I saw the video of him doing a little bit of reps and throwing the ball around without a, a knee brace on. What's the health of Jameis Winston right now? Well, I, I think he's still getting back to uh, to being the full version of himself. Um, you know, he was out there for OTAs and minicamp, and he was still a little bit limited. They didn't have him going through the full team stuff. Uh, you know, there was like a, a two-week period where somebody said it, he, they noticed a limp on him while he was walking, and then everybody's freaking out saying like, oh, my God, he's not going to be ready. And, you know, just not even taken into consideration that the guy was like seven months removed from an injury. Uh, so I, I think by the time week one rolls around, he's going to be able to, to be fully participating in everything they do. He'll be ready to go. And, um, you know, I, I kind of like his chances to have a pretty good year. Um, you know, they have uh, – they, they really restocked his receiver room this offseason. They added Chris Olave and uh, Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas. We're all kind of assuming is finally going to be healthy this year. Um, you know, that's, that's adding three studs to the receiver room. And, and uh, Pete Carmichael, their offensive coordinator, um, he's taken over play-calling duties for Sean Payton this year. And, you know, he's done this in the past, and he's had a lot of success. You know, the last time he was a full-time play-caller was in 2012, and they finished, uh, I think, third in scoring offense and second in total offense. So he knows what he's doing. He's going to have a lot of guys to throw to. I think he'll have a good year. How different does it feel going into a training camp knowing that Sean Payton's not on the sideline, knowing that former defensive coordinator uh, Dennis Allen has taken over as the head coach? You know, it's different, but one of the reasons they hired Dennis Allen was to have this be, like, as seamless a transition from one era to the next as possible. 
you know, he knows the front office. He knows the coaching staff. He knows the roster. He knows how they do things. And they don't really want a big change. So, you know, it's, it's obviously a, a difference from a, a personality standpoint, as, you know, Raiders fans, I'm sure, can attest. Um, you know, I'm sure he wasn't very popular back there in his first stint. Um, but, you know, I, I think in terms of the way they operate, I, I mean, even in minicamp and OTAs for whatever you're going to be able to get from that, I, I think it felt pretty similar to the way they've done things in the past. So, um, you know, obviously we'll see how different things are once the season starts, but I, I think for the time being, they're, they're kind of hoping to keep things you know, pretty smooth, a, a pretty it kind of a, as seamless a transition as you can get from going from uh, a guy like Sean Payton to a guy like Dennis Allen. You know, and in Dennis Allen's uh, defense, he didn't have a chance. <laughs> I mean, just straight up, he didn't have a chance. He got hired as the first-time head coach, and that was uh, uh, the beginning of the, the complete teardown from then-GM Reggie McKenzie. So, yeah, Dennis Allen never had a chance. I was kind of rooted for him because he was that defensive-minded guy, and he, he looked like he, he could be a good head coach. But, again, I was just kind of based off of what he was saying and, and what he you know kind of the approach that he was taking. But uh, he never had a chance to be successful as a head coach with the Raiders. So I definitely wish him luck there in New New Orleans and and how about the honey badger he comes over he heads home I think that's a big deal that he's going home I think that's a big deal to him how has he been around the team now now that he's a member of the Saints well I'll I'll tell you the first thing is it's a huge deal in New Orleans I I think um, you know if you're talking about just NFL wide uh, most popular players in the city before he even got here he was probably top two (laughs) you know I I, I think um, Everybody here loves him so much, and they're so excited to have him here. You know, maybe people wish they would, they would have the 25-year-old Tyron Matthew instead of the 30-year-old Tyron Matthew, but I think he's still got a lot of gas left in the tank. Um, and, you know, just in the brief interactions that we got with him, um, you know, I think he's everything they want him to be as far as, you know, being that kind of veteran presence in the secondary, you know, taking on a big leadership role, really mentoring guys. Because, I mean, this, is, this has been kind of the case – everywhere he's been is people look up to him because, you know, a lot of these guys were, were just getting into football when Tyron Matthew was really first making his name at LSU and, you know, being one of the most famous college football players the last, you know, 10, 15 years, um, you know, people look up to him. So, um, you know, I think that's definitely the case here. We'll have to see how it, how it turns out on the field. You know, I think Dennis Allen as a, as a defensive play caller really knows how to take advantage of individual players' strengths and Tyron's got a lot of individual unique strengths. So uh, we'll, we'll see how, how it shapes out, but I, I really like his chances here. Talking all things Saints right now as we're going through our training camp two-a-days with Luke Johnson from New Orleans Advocate here on NSA Roughness Radio Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond's going to go ahead and kick us off. All right, Luke, so what's the biggest positive for this Saints team heading into training camp? Hmm. I think the biggest positive is just the overall talent level on their roster. Um, I think there are some questions, that, you know, some really important questions. We don't know exactly what Jameis Winston is over the course of a full 17-game season. We don't know exactly what Dennis Allen is as a head coach now that he's had a lot of time removed from his first stint with, uh, with the Raiders. But I think when you look at every other position on this roster, um, I mean, they're really stacked. They've got pro bowlers or all pro players at pretty much every single one of those positions, um, or position groups, rather. Um, you know, and, and I think they've got really nice depth. Uh, you know, they, they kind of... It was one of the things that really hurt them last year, besides all the injuries they went through, is there was such a bad salary cap spot after the, the pandemic kind of lowered the cap by about $20 million, um, that they had to cut a lot of their depth. And I think they've done a really nice job this, 
this past year just rebuilding that depth. And, um, and you know, I think as long as they stay healthy, they, they're going to have a chance to be to be a, a competitive team and maybe a team that contends for a division title with the Buccaneers um, just because I think from 1 to 53, they're, they're really, really strong. Yeah, you mentioned the talent in the depth, but what position group would you say is the deepest or the most talented? Honestly, it, the, the weird thing is it might be receiver now, uh, which mm-hmm. which is just bizarre considering the last like three four seasons it was Michael Thomas and a bunch of nobodies. <laughs> uh, but but you know the guys who had to step up last year I and mean, they were disappointing uh, to be sure. But you know they, they were they were young guys and many of whom were were undrafted rookie free agents a year or two before, and now those guys are their four five and six receivers. Yeah. And also, and Mike Thomas, the guy who went to five straight purples, and Jarvis Landry, and you know, frankly, a really talented rookie receiver who a lot of people are expecting to make a big impact this year. So, you know, I think one through six, um, they might be as good there as, as I mean, they're probably a top five unit in the NFL. I think um, if if everything goes well, if everything goes according to plan, and there's there's some, you know, it's it's not certain there. We don't know Michael Thomas is going to be the same player he was from. 16 to 19 and you know, we don't know Chris Olave is going to hit and we don't know if Jarvis Landry's season last year was a result of injury or decline but if those guys all hit they're going to be really really good at that position all right so what's the biggest negative for the Saints team heading into training camp well I mean it was news there in February right um Alvin Kamara being arrested yeah. um we still have no idea uh what sort of suspension he might face what sort of legal problems he might face um he should get a little bit clearer idea in August uh, when his case is supposed to, to be heard. Um, so, you know, if there's some legal resolution before the start of training camp, you know, it may be, or before the, uh, the start of the regular season, maybe the NFL hands down his discipline. And, you know, I, I mean, it could be six games. You know, yeah. he, he could miss a third of the season. So behind him, you've got Mark Ingram, who's going to turn 33 this year. Um, you got Tony Jones, who is an undrafted rookie free agent, who you know kind of forced his way onto the roster last year, and then kind of disappointed when he when he got his chance. And they have another undrafted rookie by the name of Abram Smith, who they like, but mm. you know, they don't really know what they've got in him. So, you know, if, if Camara misses time, I mean, he's such a valuable player. He's, he's not just a running back. You know, he's, he contributes in the passing game. He's super intelligent. Um, he does so many things for him that, that it would really, really hurt the team if he has to miss you know, as much time as we're kind of all expecting. Now, I'm not saying that Abram Smith could be any kind of replacement for Alvin Kamara. I would never say that. But Abram Smith has a little juice to him. He does. I like I like his mentality. I like the way that he doesn't mind pl- switching positions. He went from running back to linebacker, back to running back when he was at Baylor. And uh, he, he's got a little juice to him. I mean, again, he could be a nice little compliment to somebody in that backfield. Uh, I'm actually excited to see what Abram Smith can do with the New Orleans Saints. Again, we're talking right now with Luke Johnson from the New Orleans Advocate, talking all things Saints with our training camp two-a-days. And, Luke, when we do these training camp two a days like demond did we do the the positive we do the negative we do the biggest question and you kind of answered the question already so i'll hit you with a bonus question what is a, a guy or two that you may have your eye on and say you know what nobody's talking about this dude right now but by the end of training camp and the end of preseason we should be or we might be talking about him you know they've got a, a young linebacker by the name of pete werner who i think a lot of people here are really really excited about um he kind of split some time last year when they brought Quan alexander back and, uh, you know, he probably only played about 40, 50% of the defensive snaps. 
uh, but they're really, really high on him. And, uh, and he's a guy who's going to play, you know, probably 80, 85% of their defensive snaps this year. Mm. And, uh, and you know, he's just, he's a really underrated athlete. He's a very, very smart player. And, and you know, I think they, they think he could be a really big part of what should be a very good defense this year. And then, you know, on the same side of the ball, um, he didn't play much last year because, um, you know, like multiple shoulder injuries and you know, got hobbled in training camp. But if, if Peyton Turner can stay healthy, their first round pick from uh, the 2020, uh, to, sorry, 2021 draft, um, I, I really think he could be a stud. I, I mean, he was dominant in training camp. Like, you guys coming up from Houston and he's dominant against, you know, all pro tackles uh, that the Saints had last year. And uh, he just could never stay on the field. And I, I think if that guy manages to play 17 games, you know, he could be somebody who just really comes out of nowhere to have like a 9-10 sack season. Um, just because I, I think he was so strong in, in the limited opportunities we had, we saw him last year. So uh, two guys on the defensive side of the ball, I, I think they've just done a really, really good job scouting that in recent years and, and finding guys that fit what Dennis Allen likes to do. Um, and they've just got a lot of really, really nice young playmakers on that side of the ball. I like it, man. I like the details right there. It sounds like they could have, like you said, potentially some really good uh, playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. And before we let you go, and this has been fantastic, Luke, what is your anticipation level? I always say how much I love New Orleans. There's a few cities in America that I love. Vegas is one. New Orleans is another. Tennessee is another. What is your anticipation level for the week that the Raiders play in New Orleans? It's Halloween the next day. What do you think that city is going to be like on that day? Uh, I mean, New Orleans is like one of the best places in the world to be for Halloween, and you got those two fan bases in the city <laughs> uh, for that game. I mean, it, it's going to be insane. Uh, it, it, seriously, like like the NFL schedule makers must have just like had like a, a really good laugh when they were putting that together. And, and not only that day, but like like the day of the game, there's going to be a lot of people dressing really weird stuff in the stands. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that game, honestly. And, and two teams, I, I think, that match up pretty well. You know, the last time they played was, obviously, it was the first game out there in Vegas. Um, yeah. And, uh, and you know, I, I think, you know, that was the, the Raiders kind of caught them off guard in that game. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what they what they do, especially Dennis Allen. I know his, his unit was not very happy with the way they played out there. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun all around, man. I do, too. I'm looking forward to it. That's, I mean, I know I'm not going to make it to every road trip, but that's one that I got penciled on the schedule already. Like, yeah, I think I got to work a little bit harder to make sure I make that one. But uh, it should be fun. The environment's going to be fantastic. Luke, great stuff, my man. You got anything coming out on the Advocate that we need to be on the lookout for? I just got our last little uh, few season previews coming up, You know, answering the big questions the Saints are facing this year, looking at, at some guys who might break out. We'll be kind of posting those periodically for the next couple of days. There you go. Great stuff, my man. Well, we appreciate you this afternoon, and we look forward to uh, hanging with you when we get to New Orleans. Sounds great, guys. Bring Gosling. Uh, we will, no doubt about it. Thanks so much, Luke Johnson, New Orleans advocate on Twitter at by Luke Johnson. And Demond, he's wearing his, You're wearing your costume right now, my man. My man Demond's got this. Uh, he's got his cowboy gear on again today. But this one, this this shirt he's wearing. This is what do they call this one? Is that like the cow pattern? Is that what you would call it? I'm just. I'm being serious. I'm not joking. I'm asking. Is that the cow pattern? Because it's what it looks like. It looks like a, a moo cow pattern. No, it's more floral than anything. No, you know, is that is it is black and white or is, is the video blurry? Oh, uh, no, the video is blurry. It's not okay. black and white. It's uh, more like black with a little um, purple. Okay, Plus okay. Well, then, yeah. Okay, well, that's why, because in the video that I'm looking at, it looks like it's black and white. That's why I was thinking you look like you should be uh, selling, <laughs> you should be selling some milk or something. <laughs>
DeMond is embracing this cowboy look. I'm telling you, I ain't mad at him. I actually had a homeboy back in Texas that said, Q, cowboys are the best. And he was a cowboy, right? And I said, what do you mean cowboys are the best? He's like, Q, trust me, cowboys are the best. And I knew then that that's all I needed to ask. I didn't need to ask any more questions. I knew what he was referring to. So maybe that's what DeMond's going for. He's going for the, uh, the appeal of the ladies, huh? Is that what you're doing? I mean, it hasn't. It, it's not. It's not hurting. I'll say that. <laughs> there it is. That's all the evidence I needed. Two forty-six at the time. Great stuff right there from Luke Johnson. We definitely appreciate him. He's from the New Orleans Advocate. As our training camp two a days roll along. Coming up next, we're going to close out our number one. We got your calls. We got your texts. We're going to talk about Devontae Adams and what you believe the biggest Devontae Adams effect will be. How is he going to improve the overall team the most? This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Number one. Devontae Adams for the second year in a row. The former Packer received more than two-thirds of the first place vote as he heads into his first season with the Raiders. He was number one. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Right there you hear the conversation about Devontae Adams being voted the number one wide receiver in the NFL by peers, executives, Coaches, scouts, second year in a row for Devontae Adams. So interested and excited to see what he'll bring to the table for the silver and black. Not just statistics, not just, you know, helping out the rest of the team, open up the, the field, but how the overall product, you know, how, it, how it's improved with the presence of Devontae Adams and the work ethic of Devontae Adams. Got a couple text messages that I want to get to on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Q, we've been looking for our Cowboys shirt, and we now know who has it. We'd appreciate if DeMond, if you could ask to borrow it next time. We had planned to wear it out this evening at the local rodeo. Thanks, bro. Sincerely, the Dukes of Hazard, Colonel Sanders, and the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> there you go. We all know that that comes from your brother, Sir Whiskey Ray, who's always got a funny. And I'll say, I, I, I find that hilarious because I don't know about you. Well, DeMond, this show probably wouldn't even around for, for you when you were coming up. But I was a big Dukes of Hazard fan. I was a big Dukes of Hazard fan, and then I got older and realized I wasn't supposed to be a Dukes of Hazard fan. But man, that <laughs> that show was my show back in the day. And I actually met—I have a picture with Bo Duke. I met him at the at my old radio station that I worked at, and I told him how much I was a, a fan of the show. And I even told him, I said, I realized as I got older that I probably shouldn't have been a big fan of your show. But that show was a really good show. It wasn't his fault. It was just Hazard County. And as we all know, Hazard County probably wasn't the county that I'd have been running around and thinking it was all fun and games. <laughs> it would have been a hazard. Yeah, you're damn right it would have been a hazard. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I used to watch that as well, you know, watch those classic TV shows. Them yeah. boys at it again. Yeah. But just wait till I get the denim on denim look coming into the station. Oh, no. Oh, y'all going to be in trouble then. When it, when do you plan on debuting the den, denim on denim? I'll go out and I get paid this weekend. I'll okay. go out and buy a denim shirt this weekend. Well, wear it on Monday when I'm uh, at the LV ballpark and I can't see you. <laughs> oh, oh, Q, do you think I'm not coming? No, I know you'll be there, but you you probably won't get there until after the show's over. So then I won't have to talk about you <laughs> until the until the next day. But uh, thank you, Sir Whiskey Ray, for that text. I definitely appreciate that. And I wasn't, I ain't lying. That was one of my favorite shows back in the day, uh, The Dukes of Hazard. Man, I, I always thought I was, uh, I always thought I was Luke Duke because Luke, I felt like I always got the girls. I thought I thought Bo got the girls, but they they never hung on. Like they never lasted on long. But I always thought that Luke he had a little bit more longevity with the girls. So I always wanted to be Luke Duke. When I was on my bike, I'd ride around and you know, 
I had problems. I was the only child, man. I was the only child, all right? So give me a break. <laughs> Blame my mama. Had the question that we threw out there on the Salmon Ass text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Give me what you believe will be the biggest Devontae Adams effect. How will he improve the overall team the most? Got a couple texts. Matter of fact, my guy Jason in Vegas said, Devontae basically makes the defenders true to themselves and the covers that they're playing. It, to me, also makes and gives Derek his best option at wide receiver he's ever had. But what really matters is he's showing and giving every bit he has to, the, to the, be the best he can in the silver and black to prove he is and can become one of the greatest of franchise history and help us get that next championship. He and all the nation want so bad. And, you know, the one thing that I, I loved about Jerry Rice when he became a Raider is that he still had that drive, right? He didn't just go to the silver and black to collect a check. He wanted to go to the Raiders and be the man. You know, he, he literally wanted to go there and be like, Tim Brown who? Even though that wasn't his attitude, but he was like, I'm going to be the best. I could appreciate that. And, and not too long ago when we talked to Devontae Adams during mandatory minicamp, he said about, you know, Jerry Rice, he's like, I want to be better than that guy. I want to be better than him. I'm not there yet. So to know that Devontae Adams is going to the Raiders with that burn in his belly to still be great, it's not like he just got the check, got, you know, oh, I'm going to play with my favorite team, and oh, that's cool, now I can shut it on down. I made it. I've arrived. No, now he's got some more to prove. He's got goals in front of him. I can appreciate that. That just means that he's going to continue to push and push and push and not only push himself, but push others around him. And we all know Derek Carr is fired up. Mailman Raider hit us up and said, Q, may be a cop-out, but it makes it easier on D.C. The difference between Rodgers and Carr is Carr really spreads the ball out. He has, what, 35 receivers with a catch a game? Rodgers basically just targeted a couple guys. D.A. makes it easier for D.C. because they'll be that much more open to throw to. So that kind of goes back to what you were saying, DeMond. It kind of opens up everything for everyone else. And that's the one thing I'll say about Derek Carr. He's not going to just sit there and force feed it. Now, I know week one last year against the, against the Ravens, I know Darren Waller had 20 targets. But for the most part, Derek Carr is going to throw the ball around the yard. Multiple guys are going to get, you know, at least targets throughout the course of the game. Of course, Waller, Renfro, those guys are going to get fed. Adams now is going to get fed as well. But there's other guys that are going to catch, catch balls. Kenny Drake, could be Josh Jacobs, you know, could be Mac Hollins. I mean, there, who knows who's going to emerge? I mean, remember how much he used to talk about Zay Jones and who ended up being the guy who caught the game-winning touchdown in week one against the Ravens last year? Zay Jones. Zay Jones. Like, if, if that had thrown that trivia question out there before the game, who's going to catch the game-winning touchdown? Nobody, including Zay Jones, would have said Zay Jones. Nobody. So that's the one thing about D.C. He's going to look around, and he's going, to, he's going to spread the ball around the yard, and that's something I can appreciate. That goes back to what the mailman Raider had to say. So Raider Nation, let us hear from you, 702-365-9200. What do you believe will be the biggest Devontae Adams effect on the team? How will they improve overall the most? Again, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword r When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. We have covered three NFL news and notes of the day, but we also have your calls and texts. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.